experience. Experience is everywhere. Well, yeah, experience is everywhere. Hello, how are you today? Hey, you're doing great. How are you? <laughs> Good. Testing out my... Okay. DJ voice. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Back of the throat. I've become more conscious of my DJ voice since I started doing this yeah. so much. I'm so happy to have you guys join us today. Uh, can you just tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm Susan from the College of Education, and we're involved in a project called What's Now, What's Next at the Penobscot County Jail. Good morning. My name is Dee. I'm also in the College of Education, Human Development. Uh, literacy faculty, and we've just been enjoying our time working uh, at the Penobscot County Jail. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you with us. We're so excited to have you speak with us today about uh, what you're doing. One of the things that we're asking all of our participants to speak to is the idea that experience is everywhere. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you? Well, for me, it's it's just those those day-to-day encounters that we have, those those little life stories that we share. Um, all of our experiences are, are of value um, from the moment that we wake up until we go to bed. It's, every day is filled with a this kind of significant moment in time. Uh, I think back on my family and my childhood and the experiences that we've had there. I think about the influences of other people mm-hmm. that have had on my life and, uh, and how they have helped shape me. Uh, so definitely experiences are all around us. And I think that through our work in the jail, one of the things that we've come to realize is that um, we might value an experience in one way and somebody else might value it in a mm-hmm. different way, but all of them are valuable. And really thinking about um, getting to the place where you can talk about your own experiences or in our case, write about your own experiences has helped us to recognize the value in each person's story. And I think that's one of the things that the Dee and I have worked on quite a bit in, in the last three years in the jail is really helping folks find their stories and recognize the value in their individual moments, that, as, as Dee's pointing out, that even if you thought it was a, a bad thing at the time, you still have the chance to grow from it and, and think about it and learn from it. Um, there's, a, there's a quote that, that, that always comes back to me, and, and the idea is that we don't really learn from experience. We, we learn from reflecting on the experience. Mm, yes. And until you have the time to give it a little distance from the experience, you may not appreciate it for how valuable it was. And I think that's one of the things that we've been really focusing on in our work. One of the cool things about our project um, in the jail, as, as Susan was mentioning, are just kind of doing different type of literacy activities, um, whether we're writing poems or we're writing our memoirs or we're writing just short essays or whether we're engaged in book studies. Again, each of us approaches it differently mm-hmm. and each of us think about it differently and, and our experiences influence how we approach it. Uh, one of the most meaningful ones for me uh, was when we were doing a book study um, around writing my wrongs, life, death, and redemption in an American prison. And uh, this, this, as it, we interacted with the text, I bring my own perspective into it and value the writing that's there, but the, 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 the people we were working with in the jail could connect to this in such a, a much more meaningful way. Uh, maybe you can share a, a piece, Susan, that we, uh, we discussed. Um, this, this text is written by Shaka Sangor, and this is from the prologue. Oaks Correctional Facility, Manistee, Michigan, 2001. I stared at the mirror, watching the tears roll slowly down my face, each drop carrying the pain of my childhood. I was on my second year of a four and a half year stint in solitary confinement. 
It was my deepest moment of reflection, a sacred moment of clarity when I came face to face with true forgiveness. I walked over to the steel sink toilet combo that was next to my cell door. The cell was spartan in appearance with a brick slab and a plastic green mattress for a bed. The mirror was a sheet of polished steel because in prison they don't allow real mirrors. I stared at the battle-scarred image in front of me and I knew I needed to begin the long, tedious process of making peace with my past. I opened up deep wounds that had been stuffed with the gauze of anger and self-hatred. I forgave all of the people who had teased me in my childhood, making fun of my jack-o'-lantern-sized head by calling me pumpkin. I forgave everyone who had made fun of my gap-toothed smile. I ran my hands through my long dreadlocks and forgave everyone who ever called me nappy-headed, making me feel insecure about the crown my creator had bestowed upon me. The words from my past ricocheted around in my mind like errant bullets, hurting no less now than they had back then. As we, as we shared this passage in, in, in our setting at the jail, um, in, in this in this moment of time when he's reflecting on this, he 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 cries. He he opens up, and then the tears stream down his face. And you know, and and, and for us, we all we empathize with that situation. But it took on such a, a greater meaning for the people that we were working with uh, over in the jail. One of the things that I've come to understand is that tears, in fact, are privileged that you we can cry whenever we want to in jail that's not true there's Mm -hmm. there's a real action in place in jails to dehumanize people and that's one of the pieces of it is that you have to hide your feelings to protect yourselves and what this little passage this is only three paragraphs long what that little passage opened up for the people that we were working with was this man is so brave and so strong that he was able to cry and and that the comment was, that never happens in here. Nobody cries in here. And that was one of the things that was enlightening for us because we had to get to the place where we un- we better understood that this dehumanizing process creates a shield for people and it, and it serves an important purpose. But part of the healing process is doing exactly what Shaka described and getting to that place of humanity again and being able to forgive yourself yeah. as well as the other people in your, in your circle and then moving forward with your story. And in Shaka's case, in the book that we just referred to, um, it's a memoir. It's, it's his experiences. It's his moment in time that he felt that he really wanted to share with other people. And it's these stories, these experiences that we have that are so valuable. Everybody has something really significant and important to say. Our, our project, uh, What Now, What's Next?, you know, the what now is what led us here to, to jail or to prison in that moment in time. But we're more focused on the what's next, uh, the reclamation of agency. How do we redeem ourselves? And, and that's one of the powerful things in the book uh, that Shaka wrote, The Life, uh, Death, and Redemption in an American Prison. And it just led us to really understanding that um, everyone has a story to tell. And some of the stories that we've 
that have been shared with us over the last few years have just been incredibly powerful and they need to be told. I think one of the things, one of the first things that happens through the work that we've been engaged with, and I think the work that will be happening is all, all over the state as a result of this work, um, is, is getting folks in touch with their own stories and really helping people realize that whatever your past was, it was important. It has made you who you are today. Absolutely. And what, what parts of, of yourself um, you like, you can advance, and what parts of yourself you don't like, you can change. You have that power. And I think that sometimes we have been led to believe that we don't have that power. Mm-hmm. And many of us that are in situations, um, it could be a domestic violence situation, could be in just being in jail, we are led to believe that we're somehow less. And the reality is each of us has something important to contribute. And sometimes it's through classes like this, sometimes it's through personal writing, sometimes it's just through conversations with other people, we get to the place where we kind of re-identify the humanness of our of who we are, and really getting to the place of valuing that ourselves again. So um, we've learned too over the past few years that how we tell our stories comes in many different forms. Uh, sometimes it's through a piece of uh, artwork, or perhaps it's some music that's being composed. It's the lyrics to a song. Perhaps it's a poem that you've written. Uh, obviously, it can be an, an essay, or it can be a memoir, or it can just be capturing a moment in time that has some significance to you. One of the things that we've done um, with our group of people over the years is focused on how to write a memoir. And one of the things that it kind of resonates to me from some of the tips that we've given uh, over time is you know, include more than just your story. Uh, capture that moment in time. Try to think about all the different people that were there. Obviously, you know your piece to that, but you have to also begin to think about what it was like to be the other people involved in, the, in that particular mm-hmm. story. And that can really help with your writing. Um, the other thing that we have found is that the writing becomes more powerful the more sensory it is. So if you can help put yourself in that situation through writing, that's terrific. But you have that memory to fall back on. Your reader doesn't. So really helping us to not only feel the tension that might have been there, but what what did it smell like? What did it feel like? What kinds of imagery do you associate with this? All of those details can make for a richer piece of writing, and it puts your reader in your place, um, and it allows for for a greater truth. Along along with putting readers in your own shoes, uh, also making creating that emotional journey. It's, it's the thoughts that were behind it. It's really trying to get into the impact of the emotions, the feelings that were associated with it. And that's where I think a lot of the power comes in our storytelling and, and what we share with others. Another thing that we have done that's really been helpful in, in, in writing is taking some abstract terms and trying to define them or to create concrete experiences that resonate with the abstract term. So for example, what, what love is, that may mean something very different to me than it means to Susan, and it may mean something very different to you. Some of the, one of the uh, pieces that was shared is just taking an example of, of childhood and what childhood may mean to you or childhood may mean to me. Um, in one passage that was written, uh, just a few stanzas from it is, childhood is walking along in the street on the 5th of July looking for unspent firecrackers. Childhood is waking up early to read Harry Potter in the first light and taking a flashlight to bed to read Hunger Games under the covers. Childhood's gonna mean different things to different people and, and that's what we're just trying to capture here. I appreciate that particular um, example with childhood because it, 
you could easily just write a definition for what childhood is, and it's not the same thing. This is um, this is writing that has some imagery attached to it that helps us have an emotional response to it. So the language of childhood is walking along a street on, on the 5th of July looking for unspent firecrackers. That's one sentence, and it doesn't say childhood is the time before you're an adult. It's not a definition. It created a whole sense of feeling. It's walking along the street on the 5th of July, not the 4th of July. So it's the day after the 5th, and you're looking for unspent firecrackers. It takes your reader into a place of feeling that with you as opposed to a a generic definition. That's kind of what we're hoping for is a richness of using the language. Remember, you have experiences everywhere and that your story is valued, and we would love to hear it. One of the most powerful stories that we were told was a woman described the birth of her baby. And she, you know, childbirth is something that many of us have have experienced, um, either as the mom or the dad or somebody that cares about somebody. But this woman's description of her childbirth was coupled with her first overdose. And comparing those two things, the birth of the most wonderful thing in her life and the beginning of the most horrible thing in her in her life helped us better understand her feelings about both of those things. That sharing of her emotions and her stories not only helped us to better understand her as a person, but it helped her to understand herself as a person too. You may have heard that we're always just one bad choice away from being incarcerated, but as Susan and I have learned over the years that sometimes the choice that's made is the best choice within a series of bad choices. Um, and we do the best we can. And it's been, for us, the experiences that have been shared in jail have been life-changing and um, have made us think about how we view the world differently as a result of of this time. Our our work on this project has changed us, too. I think that one of the things that we talk about a lot is redemption, and each of us deserves redemption at some point. And I think that one of the things that that Dee and I have found is that we're all looking for it. This is not something unique to people in jail. Each of us has some, some part of our life lives that we wish were different and going through this process with the women in the jail that we've worked with has has taught us a lot and it's changed me for sure. I think that's it. I hope that you uh, value this time and and uh, with uh, in these podcasts and these opportunities and just continue to remember experience is everywhere.